game may be over, but our coverage of Utah Jazz basketball is just beginning. That kid is on fire on catch-and-shoot threes right now. This is Utah Jazz Game Night Post Game Show. Bounces to Gobert, and he rocks the pass Presented by both Mark Miller Subaru locations. Go where love takes you in the completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Now, it's time for a complete wrap of tonight's Utah Jazz game on the Utah Jazz Radio Network. Jazz Game Night Post Game Show brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. Your final, the Jazz fall to the Spurs, 113-104. to 104. Jake Scott, Coach Gordon Chiesa with you. Let's check out your sharp stats of the game brought to you by the Les Olson Company. Les Olson Company, your office technology partner. Uh, tonight, the Jazz shot just 42.7% from the field. They were 12 of 33 from three, 36.4%. They were led by Emmanuel Moutier and Rudy Gobert, who both had 18 points apiece. Uh, Moutier did that in just 18 minutes, by the way. Rudy had a double-double, 18 points, 14 rebounds. He did have a block shot. Donovan Mitchell struggled tonight, 12 points on 5-14 shooting. Bogdanovich with 15 points on 3 of 13 shooting. Jordan Clarkson had 15 points coming off the bench at 5 of 12. But outside of Emmanuel Moutier, and, and throw Rudy Gobert in there too, despite his five turnovers, nobody really played well tonight, Coach. Offensively, the Jazz had a, a struggle the whole game as far as getting rhythm. A lot of it was, was over-dribbling on perimeter. So they ran a pick-and-roll, and the dribbler, which it could be anybody, they were coming off it, too much probe-dribbling versus the attack bounces. And that slowed the shot clock down, and when the ball came to them, eventually they weren't ready to shoot or as far as drive the ball with, with, uh, with velocity and force. And that simple thing as far as the ball movement and, uh, and hopping, that allows shooters to catch in, in their own rhythm, and they're going to shoot better. So Moutier was the one guy that did that as far as that and Rudy was rim running to the basket on a high pick and roll and the Jazz players found him found him as far as high up in the air to finish in traffic. DeJounte Murray led the way for the Spurs. He had 23 points. DeRozan with 18. Aldridge with 15. Forbes with 13. Patty Mills with 15. Uh, Derek White coming off the bench with 14 as uh, San Antonio certainly played very, very well tonight. Let's throw things now down to the podium where Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder is addressing the media. Not what we what we earned tonight, and you know it's it's uh, give San Antonio credit. They came out and played with force. They were not just the more aggressive team, but more aggressive team by a long way in the first half, and even throughout the course of the game, we made a a couple runs and you know couldn't sustain that. Um, you know. Our, de- our offense didn't help our defense, but you know, our defense wasn't you know, close to the level that it needs to be. David, there were probably several things that went wrong out there tonight. Which one bothered you the most? Well, I, d- I just didn't think we were focused defensively. Um, we lacked urgency. Um, everything, we just, it was... We capitulated too easily in lots of situations. And when we got stops, you know, sometimes we had success scoring off our defense. That's how we made the run we did. You know, some of the guys on the bench that came in and gave us a boost, but it's uh, it's disappointing. Disappointing game. When you talked yesterday about wanting to get in the open floor a little bit more, and it seemed like you weren't able to do that first half and most of the second, and then Emmanuel Moutier added some of that. How do you get it going early, and then again, what did you see from Moutier? Yeah, it's it's hard to get in the open floor when you're taking the ball out of the basket. Um, and you know that said, it wasn't you know just some you you can create openings, you know if you're cutting hard and. There's precision, and you're strong with the ball, and uh, we did, we just didn't we didn't do those things, um, and you know there's just not not going to continue to get opportunities. Ryan, did you sense at all that run that you guys made right before they went on the seventh? Was that fool's gold at all to in your mind, or did you sense maybe things were getting better, and then they when we went yeah. on our run? Yeah, and then and then they 
was it? Did you sense things were going in the right direction? I don't think and it was fool's gold. We just gave ourselves such a there was just such a a deficit to overcome, and you know even when you have a run like that, um, you have to sustain it. Um, you know, particularly just when you're down as much as we were, um, you can't afford to have you know any lapses. We put ourselves just our backs against the wall from from the beginning, really from the beginning of the game. Um, and again, it's, you know, I think it starts on the defensive end with, you know, having more resolve. Data. Coach, obviously both teams uh, didn't play a game for nine days or so. Any sense of rust or did you sense this in practice that this kind of uh, effort might be put forward? You know, I, we had, a, you know, like any time you're off for a period of time, you know, we, we, we started off and you know, wanted to play and you know you're a little bit sloppy at times we played out of it and you know I thought I had a pretty good practice yesterday so um, you know I don't, I don't think they, they they were off too and as much as anything if you're you know, if you don't have your rhythm or whatever the case may be that's when you need to you know you dig in even more and, and uh, you know, make make things work for yourself. You know, impose your will. <clears throat> Quinn, I imagine that as the game wore on, it became more disappointing to mm -hmm. see it just continue to fall off. What's your messaging to the guys as that's happening? I mean, is there anything that beyond frustration? Yeah, I mean, I I, I think that it's more a question of you know we we did respond, we just responded too late, and again, it's just you know it's a question of. You know opportunities, and and you know you don't get, especially at this point in the season, you don't continue to get them, and whether that's game to game or you know within the context of one game, um, and if you know we're not doing the things we need to do, and you know particularly on the defensive end, you know again our offense didn't help our defense. I didn't think we, you know, played with urgency on either end of the court. All right, that was Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder after his team struggled tonight, lost to the uh, San Antonio Spurs, one thirteen to one hundred four, and and Quinn covered a lot there, uh, Coach Chiesa, but you could tell, and certainly by his answer to David James' question, he was not pleased with the effort tonight from his team, as some you were alluding to, and he uses words like focus and force, and and they can mean different things, but it it kind of summed up in one word. He was not happy with the effort he got. Very much. It's called grit. In other words, a lot of times uh, it's not the technique you have or the schematics that you're using right now. It's just old school grit that I'm guarding my man. I'm going to stay in front of him. I'm going to be active with my hands. And I'm when he cuts, I'm putting my chest. That's what we call numbers on numbers. So tonight's game, the Spurs use their numbers on numbers, meaning chest on chest, dramatically more effectively than the Jazz did. And that simple thing of saying it, Jake, I put your body on another person's body and I drive him away from the ball or I cut and I go right through him to either finish or receive a pass. And that what it was. So a lot of that's just being ball strong, both on offense and defense. And unfortunately for Jazz, they were lacking. And from the Spurs' point of view, they really stepped it up. It was, a, it was really an impressive win for the Spurs. And for the Jazz, it's disappointing. They can correct it. They've got to now recover mentally and physically of what they need to do as far as being both on off ball defending with force you heard coach Schneider refer to he thought that they had a good practice yesterday from a coaching standpoint that's got to be frustrating see your team practice hard and practice right and then not have that same you know whatever you want to call it, effort energy that sort of thing not not play out what you practiced the day before. Yeah, it's frustrating. So what happens is that during the game is that the leaders have to step up. So Donovan struggled. DeJounte Murray got after him defensively and did a good job as far as containing it. So Donovan wasn't really a, uh, a factor as far as igniting. He had that once over-the-top dunk, which was momentum. But minus that electric play, it was he's more pedestrian as far as that. So DeJounte Murray neutralized him. So Donovan is the, is really the um, is a, is a talented player. Joe Ingles also struggled, and Bondanovich didn't make any momentum threes to get his teammates going on perimeter, but also just uh, just generally speaking, as far as a unit. So when you when you start the game out slow, it's uh, internally, Jake, the, the leaders on the court have to make the, the defensive plays to get into the open floor to, to create momentum baskets. 
Well, the defensive plays, and you heard Coach Schneider uh, harp on that quite a bit when he was he was talking about it there, as he always does, uh, of course, with his defense first mentality and, and comments. But uh, we talked a lot about it. You know, playing against good offenses that make a bunch of shots and don't turn the ball over, the Jazz have, have struggled when they're not, you know, pushing the ball a little bit and creating momentum. So defense really creates your offense, especially in the open floor. And the Jazz are a system team. Jake, just one quick thing before we go to break is that the Spurs dominated, I call it the activity index. The Spurs, had, the Spurs created 12 steals and 7 block shots. So 19, uh, 19 is the total number of the activity versatility index. The Jazz only had 10. And it's when, the, uh, it's when they got those steals. So Jake, 12 steals in a game which tells your early eyes active hands. We want to remind you to go where love takes you in the all-new redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Check them out at markmillersubaru.com. Your final, the Spurs beat the Jazz tonight, 113-104. to 104. We'll have sound from the locker room. More breakdown for you as well coming up next on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz Game Night Post Game Show. Jake Scott, Coach Gordon Chiesa with you. It's brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. Spurs beat the Jazz tonight 113-104 to here at uh, Vivint Smart Home Arena. Let's uh, check out your points in the paint, then we'll get you down to the locker room for some sound. Points in the paint brought to you by Serta Pro Painters. Call 1-800-GO-SERTA or visit certapro.com. That's Serta with a C. We do painting. You do live. Tonight, points in the paint, Coach. Uh, uh, let's see here. Um, the Jazz outscored the Spurs actually in the paint tonight, forty-two to twenty-eight. And interestingly enough, Coach, uh, in the last meeting between these two, it was mid-range shots that really hurt the Jazz. San Antonio only shot forty percent from mid-range today. They made threes. Uh, the Spurs were ten of twenty from three, and uh, uh, for a team that doesn't take a ton, but they don't make a ton either, that was a difference tonight. It's when they got them. Besides uh, a mid-range game, the Spurs moved the ball beautifully, and they were able to get the uh, shot. So Patty Mills ignited that, and so did Bryn Forbes, where there was uh, the kick-out pass. I mentioned uh, that the Jazz sometimes overhelped as far as in coverage, and then the Spurs kicked it back out, led by DeMar DeRozan as far as when they tried to double-team him, and they found the right shooters, and they were able to knock it down. But all starts, Jake, so much, not the points in the paint, but the ball in the paint. And that's a huge factor. So it's a little bit of both. But t- tonight's game was more the ball in the paint that created the kick-out opportunities for the uh, Spurs. All right, let's get uh, get you down to the locker room. Let's start tonight with Emmanuel Moutier. Let's throw it down to Tony Parks. Uh, we just played bad. We had no physicality. <laughs> Our defense wasn't there. And, yeah, we just played bad, honestly. How do you use this? I mean, you have a game tomorrow, but using this one for maybe extra motivation to come out tomorrow. Yeah, learn from it. Obviously, we wanted to win, but we definitely got to be a lot better tomorrow, especially defensively. What allowed you to kind of make that run in the fourth quarter? Um, just uh, try to be aggressive. That's really it. When you guys made the run in the second quarter to get back within four, was there thought like, all right, we're, we're kind of turning the tide here, and then it... Got out of control again from there? Yeah, we just wasn't getting stops, um, and they may run. So if we're not playing defense, uh, we're not the best we can be. Did you feel like the defense kind of would come and go? And, and when it wasn't there, what did you feel like was the biggest thing missing? Just physicality. Um, you know, they kind of was getting any shots that they wanted. But we knew they was wanting uh, mid-range shots. So we should have just been a lot more aggressive on the defensive end, uh, at least get hits a little bit. Um, we play soft as a team. That's all of us. Quinn seemed pretty dis- disappointed. What was his messaging to you guys maybe at halftime or after? Like I just said, just being physical on defense. Um, we didn't bring that energy. We started off the game flat on all of us, you know, every man. Even the first half, I think we only had like two fouls uh, as a team going into halftime. So that just tells you we wasn't physical enough. Do you relish the opportunity to get to come right back out here tomorrow and try to erase this memory? I don't, um, we're not erasing it, but at the same time, you know, we want to get a win tomorrow. It's another opportunity, but uh, just learn from this game. Knowing you were going to get some playing time tonight, it seemed like you provided a few, a few sparks, a few <coughs> moments of inspiration out there when you're not playing as much that a little easier to focus on those opportunities so rare. I'm just controlling what I can control. That's it. Thank you. That's Emmanuel Moutier. Let's go back to you.
Thank you very much, Tony. And Emmanuel Moutier uh, was was great tonight, Coach. 18 points in 18 minutes. Uh, but uh, I think he captured the mood of the team right there and, in fact, said that they played soft on defense and made a, a point to say the whole team did. But, you know, it, it, there there was a guy who could easily have been in a good mood because he personally had a good game, and he's he's not because he didn't feel like his team played really well. I think that's telling. Oh, very much. And again, he's improved himself as far as the whole season. Last year with the Knickerbockers, he had scored the ball. This year, he's much more efficient. Let's not forget, Jake, he's a- he's averaging 7.3 points per game, but shooting 46.7%. So a lot of it's that drive game. He drops his shoulder, and he gets uh, separation leverage uh, past the initial defense, and he can absorb a hit and finish. Uh his game, as I call it, a whirling dervish, is that he whirls in the lane right now and he has enough foot speed and enough uh, gamemanship to go over the top of people. And he, the Jazz need him to be aggressive. He didn't play around with the ball. He got the ball, made quick decisions, and was able to get himself going. But more importantly, the Jazz needed his scoring tremendously to try to attempt to stay in the game competitively. I mean, he, the Jazz had hope in the fourth quarter. I'm not saying it, it was uh, a lot of hope, but they had hope. Because Moutier was playing well and Coach Snyder left him in for obvious reasons. And they just, you know, like he alluded to right there, couldn't get the stops that they needed to to get over the hump. Isn't it amazing about physicality? Physicality for the listeners right now, driving home after the Jazz game. Physicality means that is that there's a presence of my body on you, but I'm not holding. I'm not clashing. I'm not chucking people's bodies down. But my chest is on you. I'm playing legal defense by being physical and trying to force you to be upright. So in any sport, the the defensive players that have leverage, just footwork leverage and then chest leverage have a chance to what? To compete on defense. And most times, Jake, they're around the ball. And that was the Spurs, how they put their body on the Jazz players, made it uncomfortable. And offensively, though, what they did, Jake, was a dual threat where the physicality uh, defensively, but they matched it offensively by velocity cutting and moving without the ball and just precision. And the dribble handoff action by Jakob Pertl and by Lamarcus Aldridge, they really did a perfect job of hanging the ball off to the receiver and he was going downhill for the pull-up pocket jumper. Let's take uh, take a look at your assist feature, proudly sponsored by Larry H. Miller Dealerships throughout the Utah Jazz season. Larry H. Miller Dealerships donating $50 for each assist to Larry H. Miller Charities. We are driven by you. Tonight, the Jazz had 25 assists on 35 made field goals, which usually, you know, if, if they've got a field goal to assist ratio like that, Coach, usually that's good news. Uh, for the Utah Jazz. Not tonight, however. Joe Ingles was your assist leader. Uh, he had seven. Donovan added four. Uh, and then uh, a bunch of Jazz players with three. So, uh, like I said, usually we see that that assist number around 24 or higher. Things uh, are going well. Not not the case tonight. What happened, Jake, it was, in, uh, it was negated by their turnovers. The Jazz have 16 turnovers, including the Spurs generate 12 steals. And so that assist ratio, as far as it, on uh, on paper, it looks successful, but it was absolutely erased by the Jazz committing so many, again, some of it was based on the, uh, the Spurs physicality on defense. A lot of it was also based on the Jazz um, erratic decision making. And that's by everybody where they penetrated too deep, threw too many uh, panic passes, or threw the ball as far as behind behind the receiver as far as taking away the rhythm jump shot, especially by Bondanovich where he needs to catch the ball in rhythm. Want to remind you to go where love takes you in the all-new redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Uh, find out more at markmillersubaru.com. We'll have more sound from the locker room for you coming up straight ahead as the Jazz fall to the Spurs tonight, 113-104, to 104, right here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz 
game night post game show right here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz fall tonight at the San Antonio Spurs, one thirteen to one hundred four. Jake Scott, Coach Gordon Chiesa, uh, with you tonight. It's brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation free Subaru retailer. Let's check out your master of the glass tonight. Brought to you by Safe Light Auto Glass, a local vehicle glass expert. They're proud to be the preferred auto glass partner of the Utah Jazz. Safe Light Auto Glass is also proud to present this year's Master of the Glass Rebound Program. At the end of the regular season, Safe Light will donate five dollars for each rebound secured by this year's team rebound leader, with all proceeds benefiting the neighborhood house. The Master of the Glass, as usual tonight for the Jazz, was Rudy Gobert, who had fourteen rebounds, thirteen defensive rebounds, one on the offense. End. Royce O'Neal had a strong rebounding night tonight, Coach, uh, with eight. Uh, let's see here. Um, Boyan Bogdanovich added six as the Jazz were out-rebounded by one tonight, 48-47. to 47. But they just rely on Rudy so much for those rebounds. And that's one thing uh, when um, if Royce O'Neal goes back to the bench, obviously, when Mike Conley's in the lineup, they've got to find rebounds from other places outside of just Rudy Gobert. Very much. And it happened tonight was that the Jazz was any negative one, but... The, the starting backcourt had 12 rebounds. DeJounte Murray and Brent Forbes had 12 rebounds. And the Jazz starting backcourt, uh, Donovan Mitchell and Joe Ingles only has four total. So Donovan goes 31 minutes, 32 minutes, pardon me, with only one rebound total. And so that was a huge part of the game where the, the Spurs players were rebounding whether offense or defense, and in bust out dribbling and coming down as far as creating plays and open open floorness as far as getting themselves into the mid range game. So the Jazz had to do a better job of their mid sized guys outplaying dramatically. Last point is this former Utes man, Jacob Pertle, really was effective as far as in the paint area. He goes 13 minutes played, he gets seven rebounds, including six defensive boards. And so he was a huge factor as far as in the second unit for the Spurs point of view of controlling the rim and the paint. We were talking off the air a little bit about it, uh, Coach, but Pirtle's a great fit for the Spurs. He, he really is. He does a nice job for them coming in off the bench, and he, even though he didn't score tonight, he was really good. As you mentioned, the seven rebounds, four block shots, and, and certainly was a difference maker. Yes. So think about it. A guy impacted the second unit without scoring a point, and that's the beauty of basketball, where you, you understand your role, and Jakob Pirtle is a guy that is a, is a system player. He's averaging 5.5 rebounds in only 17 minutes. So, Jake, he's right on point right now. Yep. He had seven rebounds in tonight in 13 minutes. He's also the 13th best shot blocker in the NBA. He doesn't even start. He averages 1.5 blocks. Tonight he gets four blocks. So, Jake, so it's a, it's a nice, really, uh, a mixture where LaMarcus Aldridge is a scorer and the backup center defensive-minded. All right, let's now go back down to the locker room. Tony Parks standing by with Donovan Mitchell. Hey, Donovan. Um, Coach was talking about just – you know, the lack of urgency tonight from you guys. Uh, what do you think and what was the message? Um, he's right. You know, there was just no physicality, you know. Um, they just played like, you know, like they didn't have an all-star break. Like they were ready to go and we didn't come ready to, to play from the jump, you know. And that's what happens. And we can't sit here and say, we'll get him next game. You know, we can't afford to have these games. And, you know, it's just tough. It eats away at you. But fortunately for us, we have another one tomorrow, a big one tomorrow. So we got to be ready for that. Where does that start, though, for you guys to come out and, and be ready and play like you know? Um, it's the mentality. You know, I think it just trickles on down. You know, I don't think any of us were, were as locked in as we needed to be, and, you know, that just can't happen. Did you sense that there was, there was a rust factor at all after such a long uh, No. I mean, you know, we had two great practices, man. Like, we really got after it, really did what we were supposed to do, you know, and you expected to come out. We expected to come out here and, and do what we need to do, but, you know, we can practice as well as we want. We got to go out there and do it on the floor, and, you know, you know we just got to go out there and continue to fix it. Did the defensive issues feel like something different throughout the course of the night? Or was yeah, it- and then on top of that, not making shots, then it feels like, you know, a huge boulder is just, like, falling on top of you, you know. You know, we're we're – where there are games, you know, where we've won off playing bad defense and good offense, and we can't rely on that come this half of the season in playoffs. You know, we got to be able to be, you know, when the defense, when the offense is struggling, we got to even pick it up to a higher level. And we just, we didn't, we weren't there at all. I mean, we just got to pick it up, man. And uh, like I said, fortunately, we have another game tomorrow to kind of just get, get, get over it, and we have to focus on that. 
There were a lot of open three pointers. Did you, since there were other offensive issues besides uh, just did. missing? I mean, there was a point in time I think we had 17 assists on 22 made field goals. Like you know, we're moving the ball, doing, getting good looks. You know, we missed a few bunnies like right there. Like you know, I think the biggest thing is you know just continuing to play defense. You know, it's it's tough when you know obviously the shots aren't falling. Spots shots you expect to go in. Like I said, we had two great practices where we're moving the ball and things were going well. And I think we did that. You know, but I don't think any focus should be on the offense at all. I don't think you know we did anything wrong offensively. We just got to be able to compete a little bit more on the defensive end. There were previous seasons where there was such a demand. You guys had to play such great defense all the time. Without that demand being there, how do you guys replicate? We have to. Like, that can't be an option. You know, we can't be without that demand. You know, we have to play as if that, that, that is the case, you know. And like I said, we just got to take it. They look in the mirror and be like, look, we got to pick it up. You know, and like I said, it's not on just one person. We got to all pick it up as a collective group. And it's fortunate that we play tomorrow, so we, we can't, we can't kind of let this, we can't let this one sit. We got to go out there and be ready for uh, Houston. Just talking to Mike yesterday, he mentioned kind of that you can sense the importance and things change after the All-Star break. Does that make maybe the loss sting a little bit more? Yeah. Like there's no second. I, like I said, you know, we had we had great you know, two great practices, man. We went out there and competed. Guys were talking, you know, moving the ball, being aggressive on defense, doing what we needed to do. Um, so when you come out there and you, you play it the way we played, it's kind of like, man, like you know, where was that at? You know, where was that effort at? But. You know, you know, we can't sit here and say, oh, you know, damn, this loss, this sucks. It does, but you know, we got a big game. Into, I don't know if they're in our division or not, but we got a big game. You know, I think seating wise, or standing wise, excuse me, uh, tomorrow we got to be ready for that. Any theories as to why that? Um that's why that practice effort didn't translate. No, um, I think some. The, I hate to say it, but there's sometimes we just we just didn't bring it, you know. And I think that's a case where you just can't have that, you know. And I think you know, as a collective group, we weren't all on the same page, you know. You look at uh, the time where Dejounte stole the ball from me, like little things like that. Um, there are times, you know, where we kind of get mismatched and transition, don't say anything to each other. There's little things we can fix, you know. It wasn't anything like that. It's just stuff that we can control, and I think that's that's what makes it hurt more. But like I said, we got one tomorrow, so we got to be ready. Did that the, the the little kid? I saw you lean yeah. over and say something to him. Was that just kind of impromptu? I, you I just was really it? impressed with how he like carried himself in, in the video, man, and just you know just being so you know. Because if I was a kid out there, I'd be nervous, you know. So he just looked, you know, like he was happy to be there. I talked to him before the game, so it was just you know it was great that they honored him. And he, I just want to you know get skin in his ear and say, man, that was really incredible. You know, shouts out to him. I, I, unfortunately, I didn't get his name, but you know I think that was that was a pretty special moment for him for sure. Thank you. That's Donovan Mitchell. Let's go back to you. Thanks, Tony. And Donovan Mitchell, similar thoughts that we heard from Emmanuel Moutier, coach, and from Quinn Snyder. The issues tonight started on the defensive end, and it was focus and force and effort and all those things we've talked about tonight that, you know, everybody seems to know what was going on, coach. Now they just have to figure out a way to uh, not let it happen again. Correct. It's amazing how in basketball that there's certain uh, – attributes that every winning player has and team have. And that's usually, uh, defensively, effort, technique, and physicality. And all three are important. And if you have foot speed, it's even more of a bonus. So the Jazz tonight, unfortunately for them, they lack many of those components. And a huge factor was your their dead inability to really stop the velocity cutting of the Spurs. That the Spurs were able to cu- cut hard to make a either baskets or make catch the ball to throw an extra pass to get a, a either drop off for a layup or kick out for a mid-range jump shot. And DeMar DeRozan was really uh, a tremendous as far as him. He was recognizing when they were double teaming him. He threw the ball out on time, on target, and then his uh, floor mates reciprocated by making really basically a whole bunch of mid-range pull-up 16 to uh, 17 jumpers. So how do you combat that defensively? What were the Jazz missing tonight? Okay, missing is that what you want to do is that give selective help. That's the first thing is that if you d- defensively, just philosophically, if if my man uh, on the ball is uh, squaring up and it's his numbers on the, on the player's numbers, that means that he's under control, whether it's a back down dribble or a face-up dribble. If, if the help defensive players see that the numbers are open, meaning the player on offense, that means that the on-ball defender is getting beat at the point of attack, and that's when you have to either stunt help or give full, a full help with your body. And that's what the Jazz were were lacking is that they didn't give uh, enough either timely help, whether it's true help or stun help. And that gave, uh, again, Deshante Murray, uh, Derek White, Patty Mills, 
Bryn Forbes, all those guys had a chance to either shoot over the top or the middle game as far as they caught in rhythm and pulled up and shot with, with tremendous confidence. All right, let's go back down to the locker room. Tony Parks is now standing by with Royce O'Neal. Tom? How did it all go so wrong tonight? Uh, I mean, I think just, you know, miscommunication on it, on our end. Uh, you know, we just had breakdowns that, you know, we can control. And then I think just, you know, at times we just didn't play together. But, uh, you know, it's basketball. We, we'll make a run, come back, and just kind of, like, turn it over on the offensive end, get easy baskets for them. Well, Donovan was talking about how successful the last two practices have been. Um, why do you think you guys weren't locked in or clicking tonight? Uh, I mean, we had our moments where we were, you know, locked in, you know, just moving the ball, playing defense, getting easy basketball on the offense in. Uh, and then, you know, we had our moments where we weren't. But, uh, you know, I, I mean, it's basketball, mm-hmm. game and run, so up and down game for us. What kind of stuff was Quinn saying to you guys at halftime? I mean, just basically, you know, it's on us to how we're going to come out uh, each timeout, each break. Uh, you know, cut the lead down, possession by possession. Uh, don't try to, you know, make it a home run play every time. Had a couple of runs in the game where you were able to get within, you know, in the fourth quarter you got within 10 in about four minutes. What was it that prevented you guys from breaking that wall down? Uh, I think just us turning the ball over. You know, uh, you know, we had shots that you know guys usually make wide open. We missed shots uh, that led to easy baskets for them, which uh, we can't give up. And then you know, just not being connected on defense, which you know, which when we had those leads and coming back breaking the lead, you know, we're great. You know, when you have another one tomorrow, um, what is your mindset approaching that one? You a little more like extra momentum, knowing that. Hey, we got to come out and get this. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, try not to think about this one too much. Get ready for the next one. Uh, be ready to play. You know, what we got to do to come out from the jump. Quinn talked about how important it is to stay individually connected to everyone. How do you guys raise that? And you know, and not to put pressure on you, but you being the kind of the best defender on the team. Uh, I mean, starting me, like you said, uh, but you know, everybody helping each other out. You know, whether it's myself or Joe on the ball or Donovan, uh, you know helping them out, you know, on the defense end and Rudy helping us all out. We all just got to communicate better. Guys, that's Royce O'Neal. Let's go back to you. Thank you very much, Tony. Uh, you heard Royce talk about the challenge of, of crawling back into a game like this, and it's a game of runs, and you have to limit theirs and extend yours, Coach. Talk about kind of how challenging that is, especially in a game like tonight where you're basically down, what was it, 18 at, uh, at halftime, and how to try and climb back in this, although they weren't quite able to get back in it in the fourth quarter. I mean, that's a really daunting task. Yes, it is, and it all starts with everyone has to be at the same moment on the court connected and focused so often players uh some of the players are focused on that possession but others aren't and that's when the either a basket is made or offensively it's you're you're in a poor spacing or even worse than that it's a turnover and so tonight's game the jazz allowed the spurs to generate 12 steals so even when the jazz defense was connected that the steals by the spurs negated any sort of of comeback effort the jazz cut it to 12 points with momentum, and they called him out to Spurs, and it was back-to-back uh, miscues, of which were passing errors, by George Niang and by Emmanuel Moutier, and that was back-to-back plays created four, four more points for the Spurs, 16, and that basically prevented the Jazz to have any other run. So a huge factor is everyone connected, and it went in, Jake, when you have the ball on perimeter, you, can't, you have to be just... Uh, that balance of being conf- ball confident, but still being what? Not still be relatively a low risk taker. Talking about those 12 steals, that's what uh, San Antonio had tonight, and the Jazz had 17 total turnovers. And of course, a steal is a live ball turnover, and that can be extremely costly. You know, not all turnovers are, are, are the same, there are some that are very different. And, and in Jazz basketball, when the ball's popping and they're making a lot of passes, sometimes turnovers come along with that. It felt like tonight wasn't one of those cases. It felt like tonight the turnovers for the Jazz, it was more carelessness, sloppy passes and leaving themselves vulnerable uh, to to give up those steals. Am I am I reading that wrong? You're reading you perfectly. Some, yeah. Also, is that the Jazz didn't uh, did an improper job of of, a, of 
of understanding the length of the Spurs. DeJounte Murray's got long arms. So does Jaco Pertle. So does Rudy Gay. And uh, Patty Mills doesn't have long arms, but he's got an unbelievable big heart. And so a lot of times, Jake, as I always say, oh, by the way, the, 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 your player, your teammate, who you're passing the ball to, is he open or is he free? Hmm. Open means to me is that it takes a, a great pass to get the ball to him. Free means that I see his jersey numbers clearly and the defense is either inside of him or behind him and I can throw a on-time, on-target pass because my floor mate is free, not only open. So George Yang, made that turnover when it was a mismatch in the lane as far as Rudy trying to post up, is that the defense got around him, meaning Brent Forbes, of all people, got around him and was able to knock the pass away. So that time, Rudy was only open, not free. Right. All right, uh, Let's speaking of Rudy Gobert, let's go back down to the locker room where Rudy is addressing the media with Tony Parks. I just think they were way too comfortable you know uh, everything they did was free free of movement uh, they were having fun you know doing whatever they wanted to do and uh, you know and I felt like when we when we were playing better when we were taking care of the ball offensively and moving it it was a little harder for, for them to you know to get it going but it starts for defense you know it's on us being more physical uh, Come out, come out with a with an edge, you know, like we we used to have, and then we we lose it, and then we get it back. But we, if you want to be a, if you want to be a champion, if you want to be one of the best teams in the league, we got it's gotta be who we are, and we're gonna come out every night with that chip on our shoulder. Every night, no matter who we play, we gotta come out with a with something to prove, you know. And that's what teams are doing to us, you know. And and they're having fun. I mean, they don't they don't really respect us. You know, they come out, they, they push us around, they deny us. We don't react. Uh, take us out of what we want to do. And uh, and then offensively, they're just playing free. I mean, the uh, the Murray, all these guys, they're playing like it's like they get get out the cage. You know, they can do whatever they want because it's easy. You know, they just just allow them to. You know, they. They couldn't get nothing on the rim, but they they could get everything that they could on the perimeter. So it's it's on us to you know try to figure out what we can do as a team to make the guys try to like rush them and try to make them go to the rim and, and see what happens. This when isn't the that. first time this year we've had this conversation about maybe the effort not being in there or maybe the the focus. Why is it more maybe this year than than in years past? Uh, I think guys want to win. You know, but I think we don't. Maybe sometimes we don't put it in the right place. We don't put a focus in the right place. And we, when we come out like dogs every night with that mindset, and when we play for one another, that's the two things that is going to help us take the next step. I think we took it, but we, we're still not consistent enough yet. And uh, it's it's nothing alarming. You know, it's just on us to keep taking the next step and I think that's where we that's where we need to be you know, on us to come out with the mindset of killers and don't give them anything don't let, don't give them don't let them get, get confidence early in the game and let DeJounte Murray like you know hit some threes or like try to get to the rim and don't let him just dribble around and feeling good and laughing and you know and and then it's you know and then all the guys get going Brian Fox start the game we know he's a three-point shooter he start the game he's three threes wide open you know, and those things we gotta take it away. I mean, those guys they get confidence, and and then it's it's hard on us because they got it going. Then we pick it up. So then we get mad. We down 20. We start getting more physical, but then they they feeling it. So every shot is is easier for them. So it's good that you have a game tomorrow. Does this kind of give you a little more yeah. motivation? I'm motivated. It's great. No, it's uh, I mean, I'm not worried at all. You know, we got guys that, like I said, we competitors. We want to win. We have a lot of pride. So we we're gonna come out tomorrow. I think with uh, from the, from the jump, you know, with a different mindset. And whether we win or we lose, you know, we gotta have the mindset every game and not just wait until we get punched in the face. To you know, to get that mindset, it's gotta be who we are. And even if we feel like we. We're like we great. We're looking good in the rankings and all that. Like we wanna, we want more than that. And we know that we have a target on our back, so we have to, 
you know, use that as a motivation to come out every single night with a with an edge, you know. And we got a lot of guys that can contribute and other guys that can, you know, help us win. And if you have that mindset as a team, I think we're going to be in position to win every night. When that's going on like tonight and you are getting punched, when you guys get together, what are those conversations like in the huddles and from you too, knowing mm-hmm. that you know you're one of the leaders? I mean, we just said to pick it up, you know, pick it up, try to help each other out, communicate better, uh, uh, be more aggressive, just, you know, all the little things that we think we can help. But I think, uh, you know, when it's just the way we start the game, I think. Uh, when when teams feel like it's going to be, a, you know, they're human beings. Like, they, when, they, when you go somewhere and you feel like, you know, it's going to be an easy night for you, then everything is a little easier. And... NBA players, no matter who you play, like these guys know how to play. I mean, they might not be in the playoff right now, but they're still a, a very good, very good organization. They have a lot of talent, and all these guys want to kick our ass to to show that you know they can k- kick the ass of a of a playoff team and of a good team. Guys, that is Rudy Gobert. Let's go back to you. Thank you very much, Tony and and Coach. I I. Really enjoy Rudy's post-game uh, uh, statements because he's always very honest and, and insightful. And you know, talking about not coming every night with that chip on on their shoulder as a team and, and playing like the you know, there's kind of some desperation there. Obviously, San Antonio played like that tonight, but Rudy notices that because Rudy's the type of guy who shows up with that chip on his shoulder. Talk about, I guess, the the challenge of that with teams to try and bring that mentality each and every night for 82, 82 games. Well, it starts with individual. Pro- that I'm guarding my own man. I'm going to stay in front of it with a with a proper defensive stance, and I'm going to be active with hands. So in tonight's game, the Spurs' activity level is dramatically higher. See, there's, Jake, there's activity level, and then there's also physicality. It's both things. And so in, in tonight's game, the Spurs had had were high on both of those as far as uh, versatility indexes. So I always talk about it: active hands versus what passive mitts. Right. Jake, your hands are active, but when you, your mitts are what passive, hmm. meaning what you're not in the you're not in the passing lane, you're not you're not the nail, you're not fake stunting to make the player become a doubt driver. So, example, it was very few times tonight that the Spurs ever drove the ball in a doubt. They drove with what velocity and commanded a dribble into a mid mid range game, or they kicked it out for the three point shot. So Rudy's talking about as far as individually having pride collectively. Uh, playing on a string and that try to force them to keep penetrating defensively too deep so that Rudy and Rudy could be able to uh, challenge the shot and, and get get rebounds. So it all starts, though, with guarding your man and having individual, absolutely proper technique. And by the way, pride does help, too. Well, uh, Rudy even used the term, they push us around. Oh, yes. Is, uh, I mean, that's... That's not something we're used to seeing, those of us who've watched a lot of jazz basketball over the years. That's no, not a criticism that usually we hear. Very much. And so the jazz right now, they're a solid team, absolutely. And so when the jazz win, they push other people around. Tonight it was it was the Spurs. And again, it's, it's how they did it. It was the mid-sized guys. So DeJounte Murray and Brent Forbes and Patty Mills, Derek White, those, those were the guys that really were really outplayed, just generally speaking, as a group. Get the Jazz mid-sized guys, and that got themselves going. And then Jaco Pertl off the bench gave his team a lift by controlling the painted area and was able to block shots, and that gave them momentum. Again, in tonight's game, Jaco Pertl had more blocks than Rudy. All right, we want to remind you to go where love takes you in the all-new redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Find out more at markmillersubaru.com. Your final tonight, the Jazz fall to the Spurs, 113-104. to We'll have more coming up next. We'll get some final thoughts from Coach. Uh, believe we can, uh, we're still going to get some sound from the locker room, so stay tuned for that as well. Jazz Game Night Post Game Show on the Jazz Radio Network.
Jazz game night post game show. Jazz fall to the Spurs here at Vivint Smart Home Arena tonight, one thirteen to one oh four. Jake Scott, Gordon Chiesa with you. It's brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation free Subaru retailer at Mark Miller Subaru. Let's uh, check out your three point takeover sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union, helping members achieve their financial dreams for more than eighty years. Tonight from three coach, the Jazz were twelve of thirty three for thirty six point four percent. They were led by George Niang, who was three of four coming in off the bench. Donovan Mitchell tonight was two of six. Bogdanovich, two of four. Royce O'Neal, one of five. Joe Ingles, one of four. Jordan Clarkson was two of seven coming off the bench. Manuel Moutier was one of three. Uh, You know, we haven't talked a ton about Joe Ingles tonight, Coach. Three of ten, he had eight points, seven assists, but uh, one of four from three. His struggles uh, shooting continue after, of course, in December and January, he really couldn't miss. Uh, certainly his struggle in February. Yes, he has. A lot of it was based on his defense. So his defense is trying to ball contain and chase around the, the velocity cutting of the Spurs did affect his offense. And so as Joe, as Joe keeps going forward, that he's got to be able to do both as far as ball contain be physical without fouling and get in, get engaged defensively so that your body's live as far as you're active. You're, you're moving. Your, your footwork is moving defensively. So, so offensively, when you have the ball in your hands, you're more fluid. You shoot better. You make better decisions. You pass off the dribble. And just generally speaking, you're more of a threat. So often, Jake, with shooters, you, their defense really helps them get into a shooting rhythm by, by, their, by their intense activity. And the defense was the issue tonight. We've heard player after player mention it. And even Emmanuel Moody had a nice night, uh, harped on defense. Coach Schneider, of course, we're used to that. And, and Rudy, um, obviously frustrated. In fact, let's hear a, a little more sound from the locker room. Let's throw things back to Tony, who's uh, talking with George Niang. Uh, you know, I think giving up 65 points, especially because, you know, we kind of hang our hat on defense. And, you know, to give up 65 points the first game back, it's something you want to refrain from doing so that uh that kind of hurt us and when you come out slow you kind of have the sluggish woes of the all-star break and that hurts you because you kind of want to get out it's like kind of like a full-out sprint to the end of the season and you can't afford to you know miss games or not show up for games so you kind of want to avoid that but you know we have to learn from this and know that Houston's coming in tomorrow night and they want revenge I'm sure for what happened down there you guys hang your hat on defense, like you said, but how much demand is there now to just improve it significantly with what you expect compared to what's happening? Yeah, no, there's a high demand. You know, we're going to have to be better, and that's just flat out. So whatever we have to do, you know, look in the mirror or come together and, you know, when we, adversity hits and not get down into a, a, a deep hole and have to try to dig out, that's going to be the biggest thing for us. I'm paraphrasing a bit, but Rudy kind of talked about you guys need to be the uh, instigators. You guys need to initiate and dictate the terms early. What is the key to something like that? Uh, you know, I think like San Antonio was just very comfortable getting to their spots. You know, when guys don't make you feel uncomfortable, you know, it's kind of like a walk in the park or a cone drill. Like it's summertime workouts, and, you know, we can't have that. And uh, that's not what we're known for. We're known for getting up in people, making them uncomfortable, and making them make tough decisions and tough shots. So we got to get back to that. Why do you think that that's happening? Man, if I knew, I'd be a very rich man. But um, no, I, I don't know. It's it happens. You know, it's an 82-game season. If you have three games like that throughout the year, and you look back at your season, you're like, oh, we we're pretty good defensively. They happen. You got to learn from them and come back the next game and be ready to play. Guys, that's George Niang. Let's go back to you. Thank you very much, uh, Tony. George coming off the bench tonight at nine points, three of five shooting, three of four from three. He also had five boards and, and two assists. And I, I thought George played pretty well tonight, but, you know, he, he talked, he echoed what we've heard a lot of in the postgame tonight, uh, Coach, that they weren't uh, tough enough and didn't set a good tone from the beginning. Very much. So, again, in jazz basketball, when they're good is that they're active defensively and their toughness both on and off the ball generates uh, – either steals or contested shots. And when that happens, the Jazz are able to get in the open floor. There was very few times in Jazz basketball when they're good, the Jazz get often three stops in a row defensively. In tonight's game, there was very few times, if at all, the Jazz were able to get three stops defensively. But those turnovers by the Jazz really hurt them tremendously from the defensive end. Jake, when you, when you allow the Spurs to have 12 steals 
it affects everything about you offensively, which then later on, it affects you defensively. So it's really, it's pulling at you on both sides of the floor. Even though you want to be tough mentally, when you have so many turnovers that lead into baskets, it wasn't really your defense all the time. It's the your lack of offense that gave the Spurs a running start with the ball. Well, we talked, uh, we've talked a lot about DeJounte Murray and having a great night tonight with his 23 points on 10 of 16 shooting, but he had four of those 12 assists from San Antonio tonight. Active, both sides of the ball, and there's a guy whose defense probably led to his good offensive night. Yes, he has those long arms and early eyes where he's in that passing lane. And when he's on ball defense, his activities with his hands is right, is right on, on the ball. So a lot of times with players, when they're on the ball defense, Jake, their hands are wide, and that's commendable. But a lot of times the player's dribbling. And so what you want to do is have your flick hand up at the ball, and that's the Shante Murray where he's able to have long arms but also short arms as far as making it uncomfortable for the dribbler to, to get into a strike mode. And that's what he does very well. He's vastly underrated. Last year he had a torn ACL, so he missed the whole season. He's only 23 years young, and that's, that's Donovan's contemporary. So in jazz basketball, Donovan has to outplay him literally three out of four, three out of four times for the next uh, decade. Well, he had Donovan's number tonight because Donovan uh, did not uh, play all that well. His uh, numbers tonight, 5 of 14 from the field. He had 12 points, 4 assists. He did grab one rebound, but uh, DeJounte Murray uh, certainly had it going, as did the whole Spurs team. I mean, they played great. They played great team basketball. It wasn't one player. Last time these two teams played, it was DeMar DeRozan that uh, just had an unbelievable night. Uh, tonight, there were six Spurs players in double figures, Coach, and it just seemed like everybody took turns playing well. They sure did. They, they moved the ball. They cut hard. They were just they refused to lose. So when the Jets had those rallies, at they, they recruit themselves mentally. They have a go-to guy as far as um, DeMar DeRozan. So when you have a guy that can score and create his own shot and then he's a willing passer and that he's physical. And so often if he, had, if he gets to the foul line, he stops the clock. And what that does, that allows the Spurs defense to get set. And if it was back-to-back negative plays, he can create a shot or, or two free throws to help uh, the players, his floor mates, uh, I call it get clear heads. So often when you have back-to-back turnovers or miscues, your head is cloudy. When you get to the foul line, one of your teammates, you're able to regroup for about three, four, five seconds and get your head what? Clear. Well, speaking of back-to-back, Coach, game coming up tomorrow. They're taking on Houston, so they don't have a lot of time to dwell on this one. Let's talk about what kind of they need to get together and refocus on uh, before they take the floor tomorrow night. Well, they, right now, the, the Rockets tomorrow night, they are 35-20. and 20. Their road record is 16-12. and 12. Last, last night in Golden State, Jake, they made 25 threes. Oof. No, I know Golden State is absolutely uh, struggling right now as far as that, but 25 threes is outrageous. And let's not forget, the Jazz beat them on Boyan Madonna's great buzzer beater, 114-113 on Sunday, February 9th. Also in that game, was tremendous, was Jordan Clarkson with 30 points. Now, tomorrow night's challenge is... Forget about tonight's game. That's absolutely done with. That the the uh, the Spurs are mid-range team, but the Rockets are direct opposite. Here's some quick numbers: the Rockets are second in the NBA in scoring at 118.5 points per game. They're third in the NBA in pace. The first in the NBA, Jake, in made threes, 15.4. The first in the NBA in three-point attempts. Jake, my friend, are you sitting down right now, please? All right. They're averaging 44 three attempts per game. Out, Jake, I said 44. <laughs> I didn't say 24. The, add to that, the Rockets are first in the NBA in three throws made at 20 point eight per game and a first in the NBA and three point att- uh, excuse me free throw attempts at 26.4 so they shoot threes and they get to the foul line because of Wesley Westbrook's absolutely brilliance as far as driving the ball and James Harden so now the question will be can the Jazz go to the three point line and then when Westbrook takes off and James Harden can there be enough help to help defense and not just body foul all the time so so much Jake starts in tomorrow night defensively with a stance all right uh, with that 
We'll say goodnight. Uh, we want to say big thanks to Boone and Locke doing a great job. Tony, of course, Tony Parks doing sidelines and locker rooms. Thanks to the broadcast assistants putting in work tonight. Thanks to Adrian Leiser, executive producer of Jazz Game Night. Thanks to the title sponsor of the post-game show, Mark Miller Subaru. Want to remind you to go where love takes you in the all-new, completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. And, of course, thank you, Coach. It's always fun. Fun, uh, hanging out with you and it, it feels with the uh, break like it's been a minute so it's good to good to chat a little basketball with you tonight jake thank you likewise all right your final the jazz fall to the spurs tonight here at vivint smart home arena 113 to 104 our next broadcast coming up tomorrow night the houston rockets are in town the game will tip off at seven o'clock pregame coverage begins at six and of course you'll hear it all right here on the jazz radio network <laughs>